He Shoots, He Draws podcast is sponsored by Westcott in association with JP Distribution. Welcome to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography and design with your hosts, Glenn Dewis and Dave Clayton. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of He Shoots, He Draws with myself, Dave Clayton, and my ever-present co-host, the wonderful instructor, teacher, author, best mate, everything. Oh, man, that five went a long way. Cheers, buddy. (laughs) How you doing, mate? All right. Yeah, not too bad. Cool. Uh, I thought this week we'd uh, we'd sort of introduce our. It's kind of not really a guest interview this week because it was sort of four of us in a room. But uh, do you want to tell the listeners what it was all about? Yeah, we obviously we said that we, when we were out in Photoshop World, uh, I guess now it's a couple of weeks ago. Time's flying by. Yeah, I know. We said we'd get some content. One of those uh, bits of content was actually uh, an interview or a chat rather with uh, I'm going to say legendary photographer Rick Salmon and just video guru Larry Becker. Um, so we managed to sort of get all to get together in a room. It was almost like a round table, wasn't it? We put the, uh, Rick put the microphone in the middle and the four of us just chatted. Absolutely brilliant, brilliant chat. Yeah, and we had no like heads up. It was just, uh, right, let's turn it on and see what we come up with. I mean, we've both known Larry and Rick for quite some time, both um, before we met them and since we met them and uh, become great friends and got to know them through Photoshop World. So it was nice to actually sit and have a proper chat with them. Yeah, I've, I've followed Rick especially way before I got involved with the Kelby thing really I guess because I've, I've kind of knew of Rick as being this photographer that everybody wanted to follow I know that he's always done these kind of like Africa trips photographing the wildlife so I've always known of Rick so actually getting to meet him in person and become friends has been quite a thing but Larry Larry's just he's on a whole different level Larry but I want to just say Dave because obviously we know what was going on while we we're chatting yeah when you're listening to this you might find that Larry's very quiet now that isn't Larry. Larry's got a <laughs> lot to share. However, because we were at Photoshop World, it was literally like half an hour or so that we grabbed very quickly in between sessions. And Larry's phone was going crazy with text messages because he needed to be in all kinds of places to uh, introduce events and do speaking and so on and so forth. So Larry was very busy uh, multitasking. And hey, come on, yeah. he's a guy. We're all guys. We can only do one thing at once. So exactly. Larry was there. He was in the room. Yeah, but it was a great chat. We really enjoyed it. It was a quick half hour, uh, say, sat in Rick's room, just four guys chatting about the podcast and what we get up to. So we hope you enjoy this week's episode. We will be back next week with a little bonus one, um, followed by an interview as well. Cool. And now, listen, Dave, let's get on with this episode, but I'm going to introduce this one a little bit different because it was a four-way chat. I'm going to say, Rick, Larry, Dave, Glynn, who are you? This is the coolest interview that we've done with the most people we've ever done it. So I think we should all go around the room because we're all professional podcasters and good friends, by the way. I'm Larry Becker, and I'm going to look at the guy on my left. You go next. I'm Dave Clayton, the host of co-host of He Shoots, He Draws podcast. And I'm Glenn Dewis, the other co-host of He Shoots, He Draws podcast. And we have another co-host here, Rick Salmon. I'm the co-host with Larry of the Picturing Successor podcast. And we're in Photoshop world. I mean, how cool is this that we can get together? You guys are over there in England. We're in the U.S. And this is going to be a cool podcast for I sure. Think so. Yeah, we've been yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. and we all, we all have kind of a lot of the same goals. So every one of us teaches classes, uh, yeah. different classes, different content, but every one of us loves sharing and helping people get better at what they do yeah and um and we're trying to do that through our respective podcasts so this podcast is like a a simultaneous podcast so it's actually going to air on the picturing success Mm -hmm. podcast 
which is at picturingsuccess.com. And it's going to air on your podcast, true, too. Right, guys? Yeah, we're, he we're shoots, he draws. Com. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. shoots, he draws. <laughs> yeah. So, so, David, you don't shoot, you draw. I draw, yeah. I'm a, I'm a frustrated shooter. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, one of my first introduction to, to NAPP then was through design. I was looking to try and find how to design. I used to buy Layers magazine, Mac, the Mac magazine that Scott did, and then Photoshop user magazine. And then, obviously, there was a heavy photography content now i've always loved photography my family have got pictures going back years and years so i'm fascinated with it but i found i'm fascinated with it in the same way i'm like soccer or movies i don't need to be an actor i don't need to be a football player to to admire the people in it and the work that pleases me but photography services graphic design so it's important for me to understand how photography works and how people shoot and the style i need to create the, the stuff i create for photographers and for for my work so so what do you use to create this uh, illustrator what else uh, photoshop pre- of course predominantly i started off in photoshop and there and i used to use a uh, program called quark express which i remember quark def- express yeah. right oh, so yeah. i started in desktop publishing as the, as the field right. where it was easiest to get started and then discovered uh, i used paint shop pro right. um and then i then went on to i think it was like photoshop four or five was when i kind of fell in love with with that product and uh, did and you then, ever do digital darkroom? I used to use that. Did you, oh, yeah, I remember that. That was like in the early, early yeah. days, and they did much better grayscale than Photoshop. Yeah, before before Photoshop really just kicked. Yeah. It, I mean, man. I used to buy computer magazines because they used to have this the CDs on the front, right? Right. And you'd always get like thirty days of serif page <laughs> right. maker or uh-huh. you know some random, and, and I'd be using different ones every month because I'd put it on, use it, it'd run out, and I'd use the next one, but. That was like, you know, we're all pre-computer. Right. You know, from, from and, and then computers coming into our life. So then I discovered the Adobe products, and then it was, you know, you become more creative at the tools of at your disposal. Well, we're dating ourselves with A, magazines, and B, CDs, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. Speaking of these uh, Quark Express, did you ever use Bryce 3D? I, no, I tried it. There was a, there was a, a free version of it once on the magazine, and I've never got to grips with 3D. So luckily, I, I now know Corey Barker. I can just throw it yeah. to him. I don't know if it's around anymore, but this Bryce 3D, you could create these 3D landscapes, and yeah. I did some underwater stuff with that. So Yeah, I mean, there was some cool software yeah, out yeah. back then, given the limitations of, of the tools that we had, much like cameras. Yeah. You know, now when you look at what... I think, what's that... that there's a saying about um, the camera... Is it like the the best camera today? Is the one you have? No, it was something like five years ago. Um, the quality of the camera five, like the best camera today, was the worst camera five years oh, yeah, ago, or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Well, because it's it, evolving so fast. Yeah, that that even the equipment with, with computers and photography, the more it, the the faster it's advancing, you have to keep up with it. Yeah. So, okay, so you draw and you shoot. I shoot. Right? Yes. So how do you guys hook up? Um. Actually, it was quite it's quite a funny story, really, because um, it was it was through Scott Kelby that we actually got to meet. What's interesting is when people do meet us, they think we've been friends since we were kids at school. Well, but I feel like we've been friends, right, Larry? We, I oh, feel no like question. We've been friends <laughs> but I think we've been friends. Is it almost eight years? Yeah, eight it's years in October. Almost eight years. And the long story short is that Scott was coming over to the UK, 
um, and he kind of contacted me to say, there's a guy I'd like to, you to meet. Right. And he did the same with Dave. He said, there's a guy I'd like you to meet. So he kind of hooked us up on email. We arranged to sort of meet, <coughs> it was very romantic, at, Padding, <laughs> at Paddington Station underneath the clock tower. I wore a thing. floppy hat and a <laughs> carnation in my hair. But we kind, of, we kind of met up there. We said hello, we chatted, and then we made our way to where Scott was in the uh, hotel in London. And then we all went shooting for the day, didn't we? Yeah. Driving around. And it's kind of just just kicked off from there. We kept yeah. in touch, and we just we just kind of found that when we met up, it was like we'd been mates for ages. Do you know what I mean? That's been really, and it's been that's been really special. That's cool. So you have a new book out. Well, it's not that new. Photograph, well, the, photograph like a thief. Yeah, the photograph like a thief. Yeah, um, yeah, which I'm really really pleased about. And that's basically the whole premise of that book is that. You know how when people say, oh, no, you shouldn't copy in Photoshop. Oh, sorry, in photography. Right. You know, you should have your own unique style. My kind of whole thought behind that has been, is, well, if you, yeah, I get you that you've got to have your own style, yeah. but you've got to have a starting point. Yeah. So it's a case of find somebody's work that you really like, find something within it that you like, and then bring that into yep. your pictures. I mean, you're, you know, you're, you're a musician. When you, you played the guitar yesterday, watching you up on stage there, when you started to learn to play the guitar, right. you, copy, you did clap exactly, sing, exactly. Down, exactly. Right? Yeah. That's not because you wanted to be clapped. Well, you probably did actually. Mm-hmm. I don't <laughs> <know>. Yeah. <laughs> well, I still want to be clapped. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was impressive last night. Well, thank you. But that's um, yeah, that's basically what the book's all about. The whole premise of taking bits and copying them and using them. Well, I agree. One of the books that I recommend, in addition to that book, is a Steal Like an Artist. That's where the idea came from. I stole that idea for this. <laughs> <laughs> in that book it starts off with the Salvador Dali quote and Dali says those who do not want to imitate anything produce, produce nothing. nothing I just yeah. showed that slide in my class yeah. that I just finished yeah yeah because I took the same thing with, it, with graphic design. But it's great, don't you think, to, to copy and that's how you learn, whether it's music or, or poetry or painting yeah. or whatever. There's also that really great comment as well that uh, Einstein made kind of midway through the book where he says, don't believe everything you read on the internet. Right. Well, <laughs> I believe that. But speaking of that, I actually have a sign over my desk, and I tell young photographers this, especially some. We were talking about one before who have a lot of followings. I'm going to tone it down for our audience, but if Jay Maisel were here, I wouldn't have, <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. I wouldn't have to tone <laughs> yeah. it down. But the sign over my desk says, don't believe your own yeah. PR. Yeah. Yeah. And when you start, you know, you could, if you're going for a sponsor or something, if, so if our listeners are listening to this, if you're going for a sponsor, yeah, I have all these follow, followers and things like that. But <clears throat> if you start to believe that, I think that's when you get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? You, you can't believe your own uh, BS, right? Yeah. 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 And along those notes, we were talking before, you know, this is going to sound very egotistical when I say it, but when I explain it, I hope it doesn't. I have no competition. So the listener is saying, what's Rick Salmon talking about? He's no competition. <laughs> well, Larry has no competition. Did you see him in the 60-minute uh, takeoff at the opening? Oh, you know, I think I did. We? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you guys have no competition. Scott Kelby has no Julian Cost has no competition. We could go through the list of sure. all, Roberto yeah. Valenzuela, sure. uh, Lindsay Adler. And I think that when it comes to workshops, for example, Everyone knows what I know, right? But I think people go, and everyone knows what the next person knows. Shutter speeds, f-stops, slow shutter speeds, Photoshop, Lightroom. But I think people go to people because of their personalities. Yeah. Well, and, and that's that what is, makes so, That's so true. I've been to every single Photoshop world. And leading a lot of this stuff, I was the uh, executive director of NAPP. And so over the years, a lot of people would come up to me and go, man, that class was great. And in every single Photoshop world, Somebody would come up and go, my favorite instructor is, 
and it was always a different name. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it, it, there isn't a best instructor. So there are, what, 20 or 30, I guess 30? I guess 30-ish, yeah. Yes. Plus yeah. people yeah. here. And there is an instructor that absolutely connects with so many of the people yeah. that are here. And you learn a lot from a lot of people, and you learn a lot from a lot of different styles. But I, I hope that conveys to the finished product, the work product yeah. of all of our listeners. Because that's what they're they're wondering is, you know, there's so much competition out there, I can't compete. Yes, Especially if I'm there. trying yeah. to duplicate somebody else's work. Yeah. And what, what they don't realize is... That there's somebody out there for everybody. Well, yeah. I've had people before now because one thing I do, and I know we all do this, we all share what we right. know in whatever field, photography, design, or whatever. And I've had people before back in the UK say, Aren't you scared that if you keep sharing this and you're going to lose money or whatever? And yeah. it's like, Absolutely not. Because I know, and you'll know this from doing workshops, if you have a memory card with a, with a file on it and you put it in your computer and all the people with you, you give it to them to put it in their computer. Yeah. And when you take them through the steps, let's say for retouching, do this, do this, do this, you might say, take that slider to 20, and let's bring this one down here to 15. Right. If you go and check everybody else's, what they're doing, I guarantee, and we know it, they'll all be different, because yeah. I go, well, Rick said take it to 20. Actually, I prefer 15. Yeah. They're not being awkward, it's just right. something within them that says that they, it just has to be different to what he's doing. So there is no competition, because we're all different. Well, <laughs> along those lines, you know, you have a way of doing things, you have a way, David, and Larry has a way. There's a joke about Photoshop instructors. <clears throat> How many Photoshop... How many Photoshop instructors does it take to change a light bulb? Well, the answer is one, and 99 others to show you his or her own technique. Yeah. It's like the Zen saying, there are many paths to the top of the mountain, and it really doesn't matter, you know, and it's really what, yeah. you, it's really what the, 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 the photographer, okay, yeah, so, the graphic artist. So you guys are all noted and known, and, and I would venture to say famous, at least in our industry, famous uh, trainers. I would so, agree. Oh. My, my neighbor said to me the other day, sorry for interrupting, he said, I didn't realize, he, he found me on the web by accident. He says, I didn't realize, and he's my neighbor for 20 years. He said, I didn't realize you were that famous. I said, if I were that famous, you wouldn't know. <laughs> so, sorry. But, sorry. but my point is this, my point is this, in spite of whether or not you're as famous as Rick Salmon, the, <laughs> the question is, as an instructor who all these people are, thousands of people are here at Photoshop World and they go into your sessions and they're looking up to you and they're, they're learning from you. Have you ever learned anything from a student? Oh, totally. All the time. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. All the time. I think right. that's the best, best thing about doing workshops, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, it's, having that, it's having that kind of uh, grounding when the, to accept that because everybody's got something to bring to the table. And that's the thing, like when we do the workshops, I mean, I don't do them now, but when we used to do the workshops... I would always say, look, you know, if you've got an idea, let's hear it as well because everybody's got right. different life experiences. You sure. might go, actually, why don't we try this? And you go, my God. I mean, this picture I did of Dave, which I think was a picture that was quite pivotal for me, the one we called the editor with yeah. the cigar. I saw I, that I picture. That was beautiful. I was photographing Dave in a pose that I thought, well, yeah, we'll do this. I then leave these people who are at the particular workshop to carry on photographing Dave and move away to do something else. And I'm looking across, and they've changed his pose to when he had the cigar. I'm thinking, what didn't I think of that? Yeah. So I've come over. Can I just grab a quick shot of this, please? And that ended up being the picture I used. Oh, so, great. Yeah, and we did that with a few. We, we did the, because I didn't want to do the editor one. I was, you know, we just kind of met. It was the early days when we met, and Glenn was doing workshops. And I thought, I'll go to somebody's stuff and see what he's doing. And I get a call the night before. I'm going to head down Dave. Yeah. Uh, models pulled out okay <laughs> so what are we doing <laughs> well the models pulled out 
and I need you to model. And I said no, but I used two words. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he said, Dave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he said, but Dave, I need you. I haven't got anybody else. I can't get anyone at the last minute. This is the pose we're doing, like the James uh, Jameson from Spider-Man kind of editor look. All you need to do is just start, like, stand in front I, of the camera. I, I just got to tell you, mm. I love hearing this story because I've seen that picture and I love yes. the image. Very yeah. powerful image. And I was very uncomfortable having to, you know, I was in my 40s then, um, having to stand in front of people um, and, and do this pose. And, I, you know, I don't smoke, so I didn't want a live cigar. And I, I had my glasses, a blue shirt, and all I had to do was look at the camera. <laughs> but one of the secrets, one of the things we talk about is it wasn't me. I played a character. Right, yeah. And as soon as he got into my head, you're playing a character, be who you want. The, the confidence was there. We did the workshop, there were different images of it. And then it was, then I'm like, Glyn, I found this picture of this like psycho. Oh, became a bit, right diva. Yeah. With, with a big pictures. knife and blood on him. So we ended up doing this psycho shot. And then, uh-huh. then we did a, I was a boxer. Now, hold on a second. With the oh. psycho shot, right? <laughs> this is this, it was just a jokey thing. I used to make his head big. Yeah. I used to think about, you know, I used to make his head big. I didn't tell him. I've so got the second sh- largest head in the Clayton family. Well, in, in the pictures you have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I would, I would kind of say, yeah, Dave, I've edited the picture. What do you think of it? And the first thing you say is, God, my head's big. But he didn't know that I'd made it bigger. I just wanted to tell him. This thing with the psycho, he had like a white surgical Lab coat, coat on, yeah. and there was blood splatters, and he had a machete, this big machete. <laughs> he comes to the studio in it, and we do it. And then for like weeks later, oh, he's still got years. this machete in the back of the car. This like, blood-covered hey, machete was in the back of my car. If you'd have been stopped by the police, years. that goes over real well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it was for a model job, really. Yeah. <laughs> but it was good fun because we did character stuff, and, and I had the confidence to do it. And, and we did a couple more shoots. And then the last one we did, which is my favourite, is uh, I, when I turned 50, uh, I was looking in the mirror one day, and I just kind of went, like that right? and I thought that's a funny face so I took a picture and, and posted uh, so when they said you hit 50 the only way is up I didn't realise it meant you look like the guy from up <laughs> <laughs> and Clint went I've got an idea we should do a photo shoot of you as Carl from up now you know I'm 5 foot 10 I'm, I'm round it's a shape <laughs> I'm in shape um, so I went online I made the badge I found a jacket I, I scoured charity shops for like 48-inch wow. waist trousers to get them up. And we went down and we did the shot. Um, and I stood there and I did the pose. And then Glyn did his magic. And Aaron Blaze did all the... the back, drew the yeah, guy from Disney us. did the background for and, it as well. Uh, and it's a cracking picture. And it's one of my favourites. And I love it. And it was just character. And, and, and that's the fun we've had with those kind of projects. And, and every time Glyn has done... Uh, a tutorial, a YouTube tutorial. This is how we did it. This is how I did, got this. And it's sharing. It's, you know, we love yeah. working together, but Ultimately, we love sharing what we do. Well, yeah. I think you bring up a good point, like when you said, Lynn told you to be a character. Yeah. And I think it's the photographer's job to really direct the subject. You know, if you go into a, a session and you start off like this, you see how awkward that silence yeah. was just for three seconds. The silence yeah. is deadly. So, the photographer really has to give the subject direction either be a character. Yeah. And one of my favorite expressions, and you could steal this one, because <laughs> I stole it from uh, Freeman Patterson. Uh, and the expression is the camera looks both ways. Yeah. In picturing the subject, you're also picturing a part of yourself. Yeah. Meaning the mood, the feeling, the energy, the emotion that you're projecting yeah. is reflected not only in the subject's face, but in their body language and everything. So the camera really does look both yeah. ways. And he, that could also be true, I think, in landscape photography. If I, I was reviewing portfolios here, 
And if I see all landscape pictures, I know maybe the person's a little shy. They don't like photographing people. So it's telling me something about the person. Yeah. Can yeah. I agree with that? Can, can I dive in here? Because you mentioned about books, yep. my books. You posted the other day. I saw it online. <laughs> and it was like, how can that be possible? Yeah. A thousand books. Well, someone was joking. Trey Ratcliffe. You know Trey Ratcliffe, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. A good friend of ours uh, from New Zealand. Uh, actually, he's the one. I'm 68. I interviewed him about 15 years ago at, at, a, at a B&H. And I walk in there and he said, oh, it's Rick Salmon, the godfather of photography. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm old enough to be his father, yeah. right? And he read my books, so I guess, has some respect. So anyway, so now that name has stuck, but it's actually, I've written uh, 38 books. So that's 38 physical books. Yeah, yeah. so he was joking when, it, when it's 1,000. Right. But they're in, available in, in the Kindle version now. But you say 38 like it's, oh yeah, 38. I mean, I've well, just finished my third, well, you know and what the, the work se- that goes into it. Man, you know what the secret is? Typing fast. <laughs> I was going to say coffee. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, typing fast and also having a lot of help. Like, I was watching the Michael Jackson, uh, This Is It. Did you see that yeah, documentary? I've seen that. Amazing, yeah, right? I, I mean, what a sad thing. He yeah. was just about. But how many people did Michael Jackson have helping him look good? Yeah. He had makeup, he had hair, he had costume, he had lighting, he had the music. Uh, he had training, you know, everything, everything to make him look good. So when I write a book, uh, I, I know I'm going to have a lot of people. My father used to be my editor. Yeah. And then after he died, my brother took over being the editor. And my brother is a little, it's kind of a funny story. Uh, I, I would send stuff to my brother and he would correct it because I'm kind of hyper, as Larry knows. I'm <laughs> I've seen so I, I type it once and I send it. So my father told my brother, uh, he said that when I would send him stuff for the books, my father would say to my brother, did Rick actually read this? <laughs> but really, I realized I had either my brother or my father, a technical editor at the, uh, the book publisher, a proofreader, yeah. and two or three other people making me look good. Yeah, my name's on the book. Yeah. But uh, I hope people uh, listening uh, who want, want to write a book or think, oh, this person, you know, has all these books. I yeah. have so much help, and I really appreciate it. So that was one of, the, one of the things when we interviewed uh, Scott and Ted from Rocky Nook. Yeah. And we said, like, you know, everyone's got a, things have got a book in them. Yeah, but, they do. But actually, when they t- look at the, um, like we said, you know, why, why, are, why do books cost that much? How, how much do photographers make yeah. from it? And they were saying exactly that. It's, it's not just about the author writing the book, and then yeah. it gets printed and sold. There are proofreaders, there are editors, there's designers, there's a huge chunk of money. Right? Yeah, all that has to come out. And they pay first. Yeah, you know, people say, Rick, why don't you publish your own books? One of my philosophies is never invest your money in your hobby. <laughs> yeah. That's a fair comment, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I think there's nothing, I mean, you probably found this out, you know, e-books are great, you can yeah. send it to somebody, but you send a printed book. Oh, yeah. totally. And, and yeah. I've gotten a lot of things, uh, I work, work with uh, a lot of tourists uh, and uh, tourist companies and uh, travel agencies, and I send them a book. And they, they look at the book, oh, this guy must be somebody, right? Yeah. You send them an e-book, everyone has an e-book. Yeah, exactly. So I would encourage people to, like you said, if they feel as though they have a book in them, yeah. maybe we could do a whole podcast on them, how to write a book. Also, about my books, yeah. every single one of my book has the same formula, pictures and captions. Right. They start out with the title, it's a picture and a caption, picture and a caption. So it's so easy to... If I'm writing about whatever in one chapter, oh, this looks better in the other chapter. I could just take that picture and caption. So it's a very, very easy formula. Yeah, and cool. the other thing, I don't know about your book, but I want my books to have the information and the picture on the page. 
I looked at some of my early books had, you know, figure 14 yeah. dash one, which is three pages later. Yeah. 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 So I wanted to be just like yeah. that. So yeah. how about you? How do you uh, visualize your books? I want, I want my book to be the kind of book that you'd actually be quite happy to have out on a coffee table mm-hmm. as well. So the pictures are definitely the most, well, they are the most important thing. So sometimes when I'm writing it, in fact, with that, the last book that I was writing, I found myself, as I'm writing, taking so many screen grabs. I thought, am I overdoing the screen grabs? Mm-hmm. Because I just want there to be more. I want, it's a visual thing that we're involved right, right. in, isn't it? So we don't want to do a book full of text. Right. Uh, and when I spoke to the guys at Rocky Knock, I said, was there too many screen grabs? And they're like, no, no, mm-hmm. not at all. The more, the better. So what, so what software do you use to write your books? Well, I just use Microsoft Word. Okay. And I send, I send a Word document with... Uh, and then I send a folder like insert one, insert yeah. two, insert three, insert four. So that makes it easy. But what doesn't make it easy for them is I have OCD. Right. OCD yeah, is yeah. Obsessive cropping disorder. Oh, I, you know, actually, for a second I thought, no, I'm, I'm saying yes to the wrong thing now. So, yeah. <laughs> so every one of my pictures is a different size and it, it makes it difficult. Yeah. But, and, but I, when I send it in, I put a little note on it, you know, uh, uh, you know. Actually, it's a funny note. I start out by saying this. Crop my pictures and you're a dead man. <laughs> then I put a little happy face after. Yeah. But don't you think cropping is so important? It, 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 you know, cropping gives us a second yeah. chance at composition. I Absolutely think. does. Yeah. That perfect example is that picture. We were talking, obviously yesterday we were talking, the, you, your recent trip to Africa. The two leopard cubs. How gorgeous is it? With the mother. And the, yes. The, oh, how gorgeous is that? But then at one point you showed it bigger. Right, and I was right. like, what? That completely different picture, but yeah. you cropped in. It's beautiful. Well, yeah. um, who, Art Wolf. Art Wolf, we've had yeah. him on the yeah. podcast. He's yeah. going to come on the podcast again. He says that there's probably five pictures within a picture. Yeah. So that picture that you described, <clears throat> it could be the whole family. It could be just a close-up of the mother. It could be the teeth. It could be the little cubs. So I, I recommend that to my students when we do, uh, uh, on the workshops at the end, we do group uh, a group slideshow. Yeah. And I always say, okay, let's try to find two or three more pictures within that. Yeah, so, but now our friend Moose Peterson, I think he's totally against cropping. I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah, I think he's against cropping. Yeah, but you know, like with that picture, if the animal's so far away, you know, what are you going to get? Boring bush and. But I I don't stick to any you know format. Same of, here. You know, because printers now you go to send your, your sort of prints to a lab and they'll have these drop down. It must be right. this. Mine are never that size. Mm-hmm. I crop as I'm doing my research. And I'll crop it. This is what I want it to right. be like. So when I send it to the printer. Generally, I have to order it with the print size up from right. what the actual one is, and so I'll say, yeah, and then the notes I just put, can you trim off the white right. off yeah. the outside edges? That's it. I never want it to be a regular See, size. See, I don't want you to crop. What? Because as, a, because as a designer, if I'm laying your book cover out and you go and crop in really tight, I've got nowhere to put the text. Right, that's why they've got no. Yeah, so <laughs> I would have a thousand books. I would yeah. have a thousand books if I didn't crop. I should have followed. But I look at photography <laughs> differently because, as much as I love great kinds of, of photography, mm-hmm. is I look at it with a designer's eye. I'm looking at what elements right. of the image can I use, whether it's the color scheme or whether there's an element in it I can replicate. Uh, like even picking fonts and something for, for, for the covers. It's got to match what the image is giving me. And then I need that white space. I need, I need that place to design without destroying the image. Right. So quite often when I do get a photograph or I'm looking for it, I have to look for the right kind of, white, uh, right, the right kind of design space that still leaves the image doing the impact because the title is just telling you what it is. The image is going to make you take it off the shelf. 
so I just always look at photography in a completely different way because I don't yeah. want it to restrict me. And I've had some cracking photo- photos for design work in the past and I've not been able to use it. Or I've had to be like creative enough to destroy what the actual image was going to do because I only got the cropped version and and you can't do anything mm. with it. So I, I do tend to look at images slightly different from a very selfish point of view. So I don't care if you want to crop it. You also mentioned fonts. I don't think a lot of people realize how important choosing the right font is. Yeah. Do you know the the website, the Font Brothers? Uh, I, I, yeah, I know. There's, I know a lot, yeah. there's a lot of sites like that. But maybe you could talk a little bit about how important the font is and what that says. Because I, I see websites, a person, photographer might have beautiful photographs. I say, what is with that <laughs> yeah. font that looks like it's out of like a circus, you know, that yeah, like, yeah. Or, or a western? Well, as I've just literally walked to it out of my class about 20 minutes ago, there was a big chapter of it on typography and lettering and fonts. And I was guilty of it back in the day when I was first, you know, we all did it when we had Microsoft Word. You put 20 fonts into a Because document. if you have them, because you, 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 you use them. Because you have them, yeah. yeah. Um, it's like filters. When you get filters in Photoshop, you, you create 20 different versions of the same image because you right. can't decide which one. So you'd go online and you'd find, you know, download a 1,001 fonts and then use them. But the thing I learned when I went into it as uh, as a creative in a commercial world is taking those fonts is like is like stealing an image from Google Images to use because fonts are licensed. And a lot of people don't realize that these people create these fonts and they're licensed. So they go to these like dafont.com yeah, and, yeah. oh, there's the Harry Potter font. Yeah. I'll, make a, I'll make a poster or make a book. You've taken someone's work and not licensed it. So with fonts now, with Typekit in Creative Cloud, which I particularly like, is I, try, I always try to, try and say to people, look, just look for the words commercial use because that is where you should be starting. You need the commercial mm-hmm. use. You need the license. Now, I've never known anybody that I know that's ever been picked up on a, a font issue, but I know that Netflix recently just created their own font so that they didn't have to pay the licensing fee Interesting. For, the, for the font they had been using. <laughs> and they're going to use it across everything. Question, question for you then. I yeah. actually don't know the answer to this. When you're des- doing your designing, yeah. do you find a font that's on a book or a poster or something like that? And then do you search for that font using Typekit? Yeah, Typekit can else? do it. It's like um, There's like a Shazam for fonts. Interesting. Yeah, in, fo- cool. in Photoshop and Typekit. So quite often with my camera, I'll be walking around... I'll see some really cool typography and I think, oh, I can think of something. I could use that for a book idea or whatever. Take a picture of it, come back. And then what I'll do is I'll throw it into a match, match font mm. in Photoshop. And what it will do is, if it's, if it's good, it will go and find the exact font. And generally, it'll be a license. Or it might just find the closest to it. So I just did a tutorial for Kelby One on the Stranger Things title, which uses ITC Benguat which is like the old Stephen King novels. Um, mm-hmm. And and I needed to do the tutorial, but I couldn't afford to pay for the font just for that. So I put it, I actually put it into Typekit and I found something really similar that worked. And we can use it because it's commercial, but fonts can really change what something looks like. So if you had oh, a, yeah. a violin concerto, you right. wouldn't use a big, thick, fat circus right. font. But at the same time, if you had a boxing match or a kickboxing match, you wouldn't use a thin mm. sans serif right, right. font because the mood has to match the event and the image. 
and it, you can spend hours looking for the right font. Yeah, yeah. I, generally, I just use Comic Sans, oh, which is the go-to for everyone. <laughs> so, so, do you have a, so for one of yeah. our listeners? Do you have like a tutorial on this YouTube videos? Kelby One class. Uh, there will be a Kelby One class coming out shortly okay. on typography. Uh, oh. I do cover it in some of my InDesign classes on Kelby One. Okay. Um, I am doing it like a retro font style to show how you can re- recreate pre-computer days design using modern technology like Photoshop and then changing the type to make it look like it's not made in the computer. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, typography is the thing that, you know, desktop publishing it starting is, is yeah, all yeah. about type. InDesign is all about type. Even when we're using Quark. Yeah. It, <laughs> right. Well, listen, guys, yeah. I know, Larry, is, you're going to be doing some emceeing tonight, the Midnight Madness at Kelby at the, yeah. at the Photoshop World. And you guys, what are you doing tonight? Going out having some fun? Yeah, we're going to yeah, uh, we're going to jump over to Midnight Madness because it's uh, it's, yeah. it's a mainstay of um, a Photoshop world. There's well, some great donuts there. Yeah, yeah. great well, donuts. So, you know what? <laughs> I, just, I just put. Do you know that today we are recording this on National Donut Day? Yes, someone said to me. So, so, so I, I've got to have. A so donut. what I did is yeah. I, I took one of my Antarctica pictures and I went to Photoshop and I went to 3D and I made the donut. Right. And then I said, you know, because I'm teaching tomorrow a class yeah. how to have more fun in Photoshop. And I said, I'm not teaching this because it's so corny, right? The donut. <laughs> and then someone said, Oh, please tell me how to do it. So, so I did it. But listen, <laughs> you guys were great. All I can say, Larry, is you know I don't know. I hope. Uh, the audience on the other side of the pond there in the UK thinks our voices are as sexy as these guys' voices. I mean, I like their voices. <laughs> They're going to go Larry's, the knees. Larry's the voice. La- Larry is the voice. <laughs> He's like smooth jazz. <laughs> He's the voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But before, oh, listen, before you go, because there's one thing we haven't mentioned in this whole podcast, and I, and I know you may have done, but Larry's a really good photographer. No kidding. And knows, it, and knows his way around camera gear as well. And I've watched... I've watched so much of your stuff, even though I can't shoot for Toffee, I couldn't tell you how many videos of yours I've watched back through all the different, you know, variations of what Kelby used to do. Right, Um, right. And even now, I still hear the music for Nap News on other things, and I still expect to see you stood there. But no, I just want to say, I I think you're undervalued as a photographer. You are... I've looked you're, at your work and I've watched very, your stuff. And, very and he's valued, valued as a partner. You know, he came up with the idea for our podcast. Yeah. And actually, someone uh, I said that to someone here today. They said, you know, Larry. I said, Larry came up with the idea for the podcast. The guy says, yeah, I know you say that every podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but he did. Well, guys, it was like a time. Okay, so for our audience, yeah. again, tell yeah. everybody about your podcast. How can they subscribe? Where are your... Uh, where are your links? Where are your files? Well, where are they? And we, and we are though. We are going to have in the show notes. So maybe on your sure. side, you could put our links. Yeah, in, yeah. In case absolutely. someone's driving around. Yeah. But so, um, so when we came up with the name, uh, it was just I'm a football fan, and, and kind of he shoots, he scores. Sure. Is a is a famous football. So, who sh- he shoots, he draws. He shoots, I draw. Yes, come up with that. Went straight online and ordered he shoots, he draws dot com. Right. Um, so we've just got our website live because. Every time we put up the iTunes link, you know, and the numbers are good and we're seeing the downloads, but you always get, I hate Apple, I hate anything Apple, I hate iTunes. So, um, fortunately, through a lot of research and, you know, trying to do something properly and someone else sharing good information, we got it on Spotify, we got it on Google Play. Mm. So, if you just type in He Shoots, He Draws, you can find it on any of those, he shoots, he draws.com, social media at He Shoots, He Draws. 
And we talk and then, about anything and everything photography and design related. Yeah. Basically, that's what we kind of cover. Yeah. Excellent. And chat to our friends. Because and what about you for our listeners? Yeah. Uh, well, Tell us about yours. Well, well, Who we'll are you? We'll, we'll <laughs> let the voice answer that. So, so Information Central is at <laughs> picturingsuccess.com. You can reach us by email at <laughs> feedback at picturingsuccess.com. Uh, generally, what we do is we use uh, a a hosting service for our podcast called yeah. Libsyn. And so Libsyn then is the feed and it's through to iTunes and to others. But if you go to picturingsuccess.com, we also put the player there. Yeah. So people, if they wanted to, they can go and see uh, the links and, and listen to it right there yeah. on the on the website. We're on, so we had a choice of going Simplecast or Libsyn. And I went for Simplecast because as soon as I saw it, it looked more manageable for us. Yeah, both were as good as each other, and we got the same thing. We we actually put the player on the website, yeah, so that it's listened through Simplecast, um, and then the rest is is just it goes out. But what is yours covering? Your podcast? Well, we cover, we do a lot of interviews. We yeah. do a lot of interviews with the best of the best. We've had Art Wolf on. I don't know if you know Jonathan Scott, the big cat. Man. Do I? I've followed him for years yeah, in, in the UK, my watching all the programs about the yeah, lions yeah, he, and leopards. He, out of all the people on the planet, I want to be more like Jonathan Scott. I would love he, to meet him, Rick. Yeah, well, hint, hint. I'll, I'll introduce <laughs> you. He invited, he invited us to his uh, cottage on the Masamara. We stayed at his house. Uh, which is a whole nother Love story. But yeah, we interview the best of the best. Yeah, Deanne Fitzmorris, Pulitzer Prize yeah, yeah. winner. Ron Clifford. And we right. also talk about other stuff. Uh, well, we talk about stuff. everything related to uh, photography and t- dipping my toe into video, too, because that's where my head is these yeah. days. But uh, photography and we do the business side, too. So we'll have a whole interview about the business side. Mm. One of the podcasts that went live very recently um, Rick did a whole interview with somebody that he had met on workshops all about meditation. Oh, and yeah. so how does meditation fit into, how does it inform your work? How does it inspire your work? Uh, there was one with John Corwin where he was talking about how do you walk to not scare away animals like birds. Yeah. And and I always thought that there were, I, I never thought about walking anything other than just trying to be as quiet as possible. But he, ta- he talked about and t- teaches this fox walk and he also says that he talks to the birds and it makes sense i always thought you want to be really silent well it turns out predators are really silent and so when you're really silent you scare away the birds but when you're chattering and talking a little bit then the birds aren't as afraid of you and they talk back and they're engaged with you and they pay attention to you Mm. and so you can take i mean i'm learning so much from all these interviews that we get to do i'd I'd really recommend folks listen to the ron clifford one as well because that was i was driving my car listening to that and i was like my god this is honest yeah Yeah. this is really honest coming back yeah Uh, great because it was a good interview he's really and we both listen to your podcast so we got to wrap it up guys thank you so much how much fun was this thank you you know, Larry, I think we have to go over to the UK for the next one. I'm on <laughs> <Yeah>. the way. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Cheers. Hello and welcome back to He Shoots, He Draws, episode 20. Um, we just thought we'd fuck this start up and do another one. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Sorry, I don't need the intro. I'll go again. Right, one, two, three. Go. Hi, and welcome back to He Shoots, He Draws, episode 20. Can you believe it? 20 episodes already, Glenn. Unbelievable, mate. They're flying by. I know. I'm enjoying <laughs> it so much. <laughs> cool. Oh, so what, happened this week- what happened there? I know. You just froze. <laughs> you f-
Come on, right. come on, come on. One, two, three.